I'm Francis Callier. And I'm Angela V. Shelton. And we're Frangela. You know what you need in your life? Hmm. The Final Word Podcast. Yes, you do. That's right. It is the final word on all things political and pop cultural. Where we make real news real funny. Where we inspire you so you can hashtag resist. Subscribe and get a new episode of the Final Word Podcast each week. It's the news we think you need to hear. That's right. We think you need to hear it. Okay? Yeah, it's what we say so. That's right. And because all we do is give, every Thursday you can listen to our hysterical podcast, Idiot of the Week. We round up the stupid because you know what? Somebody has to. Okay. All we do is give. Season four of How We Win is here. For the past four years, we've been making history in critical elections all over the country. And last year, we made history again by expanding our majority in the Senate, beating election-denying Republicans in crucial state house races, and fighting back a non-existent red wave. But the MAGA Republicans who plotted and pardoned the attempted overthrow of our government now control the House, thanks to gerrymandered maps and repressive anti-voter laws. And the chaotic spectacle we've already seen shows us just how far they will go to seize power, dismantle our government, and take away our freedoms. So the official podcast of The Persistence is back with season four. There's so much more important work ahead of us to fight for equity, justice, and our very democracy itself. We'll take you behind the lines and inside the rooms where it happens with strategy and inspiration from progressive changemakers all over the country. And we'll dig deep into the weekly news that matters most and what you can do about it with messaging and communications expert, co-founder of Way to Win, and our new co-host, Jennifer Fernandez-Ancona. So join Steve and I every Wednesday for your weekly dose of inspiration, action, and hope. I'm Steve Pearson. And I'm Jennifer Fernandez-Ancona. And And this this is is How We Win. Win. Hey all, this is Glenn Kirshner, and you're listening to Muller She Wrote. So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian oligarchs. That, that's what he said. I, I, that's what I said. That's obviously what the, the, our position is. I'm not aware of uh, any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I didn't have not have communications with the Russians. What do I have to get involved with Putin for? I have nothing to do with Putin. I've never spoken to him. I don't know anything about him other than he will respect me. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. So, it is political. You're a communist. No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist. Hello, and welcome to Muller She Wrote. I'm your host, A.G., Allison Gill, and we have some stories for you, including a new indictment and some mystery tweeting uh, that might have to do with Eric Prince. And then, of course, we'll be playing part three of volume one of the Mueller Report, which I'm re-airing to remind everyone of the scope of the Russian attack on our democracy in 2016, which is, of course, ongoing. So, since this is a very special episode, we're going to jump right in. 
with sabotage. Okay, so recently, a former business partner of Eric Prince shared an old article from 2016 about Eric Prince trying to create his own private air force and basically outfitting two planes, making them, taking them from commercial to combat ready. And of course, current investigations in the Eastern District of Virginia into Eric Prince's potential violations of the Libyan arms embargo with regards to, like I said, those two planes. And he was trying to put together a private air force. Now, that since-deleted tweet was retweeted by another expert who said, quote, this tweet is referring to an investigation of potential ITAR violations for which he provided voluminous evidence. There's also a domestic investigation of Libya arms embargo violations. On February 16th of this year, 2022, two words entered the oh fuck arms sale lexicon in Abu Dhabi. North Korea. Those are the two words. Now, aside from that, this associate who put out the original tweet that has since been deleted and has provided evidence in the investigation of Eric Prince noted a sealed filing on the docket in the Eastern District of Virginia the day before the statute of limitations was to expire on crimes involving those two planes. And that date was confirmed by other Twitter sleuths who monitor court dockets. Now, I don't know why the tweet was deleted, but the story and the filing caught my attention. The case number is 21-TAC-CR-TAC-229. And when I say TAC, I mean hyphen. And it was filed between October 14th and October 19th, 2021, because case 228 was filed on October 14th and case 230 was filed on October 19th. But this one, 21-CR-229, was filed under seal sometime between those two dates. The statute of limitations expired for these particular crimes on October 17th. So it fit right in. Anyhow, that brief but eye-catching Twitter exchange and the filed under seal court docket case number will influence my fantasy indictment draft this week. And speaking of the fantasy indictment league, we have a big one this week. I'm going to be indicted! No, wait, it's going to be a... Indicted! Honey, dick. Indicted! Honey, I'm gonna be Hold it. They can't. It's going to be okay. Just calm down. I can't calm down. I'm going to be indicted. All right. This is from the Department of Justice and their website. Damian Williams, the United States Attorney for the Southern District of New York, and Michael J. Driscoll, the Assistant Director in Charge of the New York Field Office of the FBI, announced the unsealing of an indictment against Andrei Muryavyev, a.k.a. Andrei Muryavyev, a Russian citizen, and they've charged him with making illegal political contributions as a foreign national and conspiring to make illegal political contributions as a foreign national in the names of straw donors. Muryavyev is charged with conspiring with Lev Parnas, Andrei Kukushkin, and Igor Fruman, and others. <laughs> others. Gosh, who do we know that's associated with Parnas, Kukushkin, and Fruman? <laughs> and others who were con uh, convicted at trial to have or have pleaded guilty to these crimes. U.S. Attorney Damian Williams says, as alleged, Andrei Muravyev, a Russian national, attempted to influence the 2018 elections by conspiring to push a million dollars of his foreign funds to candidates and campaigns. He attempted to corrupt our political system to advance his business interests. The Southern District of New York is committed to rooting out efforts by foreigners to interfere with our elections. FBI Assistant Director in Charge Michael J. Driscoll said, quote, as alleged, Muravyev, a Russian foreign national, 
made illegal political contributions, and conspired with Parnas, Kukushkin, and Fruman to obscure their true source. The money Muryaviev injected into our political system, as alleged, was directed to politicians with views favorable to his business interests and those of his co-conspirators. And by the way, everyone, his business interests are the marijuana industry, and some of these contributions went to Florida Republicans. Hmm. Uh, back to the quote here. As today's action demonstrates, we will continue to aggressively pursue all those who seek to illegally affect our nation's elections. As alleged, the indictment against Muraviev, and as it's been proven during the trial against his co-conspirators, etc., etc., uh, in the spring of 2018, Muraviev, Kukushkin, Fruman, and Parnas decided to launch a business aimed at acquiring retail cannabis and marijuana licenses in the United States. As part of that plan, Muraviev agreed to wire a million dollars through a series of bank accounts to Fruman and Parnas to fund hundreds of thousands of dollars in political contributions they had made or promised to make before the elections in November of 2018. Um, side note, if you remember, as we've, you know, as we've previously dived into the Matt Gates situation, he was lobbying for cannabis reform in the Florida legislature and in the U.S. Congress. And one of those marijuana guys is one of the people who went to the Bahamas with them and the underage girl who he's being investigated for sex trafficking. Back to this. The purpose of the donations was to curry favor with candidates that might be able to help Muraviev and his co-conspirators obtain cannabis and marijuana licenses. Muraviev's money was used to reimburse and fund federal and state political donations in Florida, Nevada, and Texas. And Muraviev also agreed that the funds would pay for donations to politicians in New York and New Jersey. Muraviev traveled to Nevada as part of these efforts and received regular updates from Kukushkin about the co-conspirators' progress politically. To obscure the fact that Muraviev was the true donor of the money, the funds were sent to a business bank account controlled by Fruman's brother, and then the donations were made in Fruman and Parnas's names. Muraviev, 47, of Russia, is charged with one, conspiring to make contributions and donations by a foreign national and in the name of another person, which carries a maximum sentence of five years in prison, and two, making contributions by a foreign national, which carries a maximum sentence of five years in prison. The maximum statutory penalties are prescribed by Congress and are provided here for informational purposes only, as any sentencing of the defendant would be determined by a judge. Muraviev is believed to be in Russia and remains at large. The case is assigned to the Southern District of New York, U.S. District Judge J. Paul Oatkin, who presided over the trial of Parnas and Kukushkin. So, if you had a rando Russian, like I did, give yourself a point this week. Also, very interesting timing, considering the investigation in the Middle District of Florida into uh, improper campaign financing for cannabis licenses, which I'm all for, by the way. Republicans usually aren't. <laughs> and with that, uh, let's, let's do the draft here. Um, I'm going to keep rando Russians on my team because of the new sanctions placed on 50 oligarchs, the Russian banks, the new klepto capture unit in the DOJ, as well as the multinational repo effort to root out Russian money in the United States. I think we're going to see a lot of that happening. Uh, I'm also keeping Gates, L.A. Key, and Engels on the team, though that investigation is getting long in the tooth. But in case you hadn't heard from WMFE, a federal judge has again postponed the sentencing of former Seminole County tax collector Joel Greenberg, 
who is said to be cooperating with investigations. Greenberg pled guilty last May, as we know, to child sex trafficking and other crimes. He was going to be sentenced on March 29th, just in a, you know, a short amount of time. But his lawyer asked for a delay, saying Greenberg continues to help federal prosecutors with ongoing investigations. District Judge Gregory Presnell granted the request, saying that it was in the interest of justice. No date has been set, but a status hearing is planned for May 13th, almost a year after his guilty plea. Uh, news reports describe Greenberg as a potential witness in a federal investigation involving Matt Gates, who has not yet been charged with a crime. Prosecutors have asked to file updates under seal. They say making that information public might lead the subjects of ongoing probes to flee, destroy evidence, and harass witnesses. That's what the government says. So they're into it as well. I'd also like to draft Eric Prince because of that sealed case on the docket in the Eastern District of Virginia. Just it's fascinating to me. I'm also keeping Rudy DeGeneva and Tonezig, especially with the resurgence of the Hunter Biden laptop nonsense. They always drag that one out when some shit is about to hit the fan. And as you know, I think the Hunter Biden laptop caper was an op funded by foreign foreign money. And, and Parnas just pled guilty, by the way, to a different set of charges. And and by the way, the special master is done going through Rudy's booty, which is, you know, what I call the stuff that they got in the raid, and has pretty much handed everything over to the government. And it's been a couple of months. So by my clock, should be any time now. It is a very, very, very broad and complicated investigation, however. And he could be under investigation for other things, including his involvement in January 6th. So that sometimes holds everything back while they do everything. I'd also like to keep Sidney Powell for defrauding donors with her PACs, and I'm going to add the RNC to that list as well. And that's my team of 10. And the reason I'm adding the RNC is because even though they haven't had to give their stuff over to the committee, I think the DOJ already got it. That's just a personal, I have no proof of that. <laughs> that's just personal. But we're starting to see now the committee getting things after the Department of Justice had them. And what I have specifically in mind is not just the Sidney Powell pack stuff, but also the Enrique Tario documentary film crew footage. January 6th committee just got that. FBI's had it for a while. That kind of shows me that DOJ might be a little ahead of the game, where we thought they were sort of behind the eight ball. But you know what? I don't know. I'm just guessing. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening. Please tune in today also to the MSW Book Club. We're going to go over the first 40 pages or so of the book. Go back to where you came from and other helpful recommendations on how to become an American by Wajad Ali. And I'll see you Monday on The Beans. And stick around for another installment of Volume 1 of the Mueller Report from back in the day, 2019. It's like a time machine. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. And vote blue over Q. I've been AG, and this is Muller She Wrote. All members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist. Hello, and welcome to Muller She Wrote. I'm your host, AG, and with me as always are Jaleesa Johnson. Hello. And Jordan Coburn. Hello. And this is part three of our extensive special coverage of the redacted Muller Report. And in this episode, we're going to cover section three of volume one. That's pages 36 to 65. It's pretty beefy. It gets pretty juicy at the end. So uh, stick with us and we'll go through it. It's really, really, 
really uh, no collusion. <laughs> so uh, this section covers the second method by which Mueller determined the Russians interfered in our elections. The first method was Internet Research Agency, the IRA, and social media active measures, which we covered in Section 2. But this is the Russian hacking and dumping operations. And I know in the last episode we discussed the story about the two major Russian operations in Prague. And I just wanted to say it's more likely, though I don't know for sure, that those operations were hacking hubs in Prague and not troll farms, mm -hmm. you know. So uh, beginning on page 36 of the Mueller report, it says that in the beginning, uh, no, beginning. <laughs> yeah, worst Bible. Is that how the Bible starts? Uh, it sounds like yeah, it I think, start that I think way. That was Genesis. <laughs> yeah. In the oh, beginning, good, there was there nothing, and then there was everything. The end, I think, is the, some people died. Amazing. A couple guys lived to be 900. Totes norms. Hell yeah. Well, here's Mueller's Bible. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Trump even called it that. That's mm. right. If I could get him to sign a copy of my report. I was just report. thinking that, yeah. <laughs> I saw your, your eyes went, oh. Yeah, yeah, a little light bulb lit up. <laughs> totally. You smoke a lot of weed. When you have an idea, does a black light pop up over your head? Ooh. <laughs> More just, like a lava lamp. <laughs> and I totally just stole that from Mitch Hedberg. Just oh, so nice. Oh, I wouldn't oh, have known. Funny. I'm too young. Too. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. yeah, if I had done it in his voice, does a black light pop up over your head? <laughs> there it, it would have been more. <laughs> it would have been more Mitchy. Gosh, I love that guy. Uh, anyway, page 36, in the beginning, March of 2016, the GRU hacked computers and email accounts of organizations, employees, and volunteers of the Clinton campaign, including Podesta. Uh, I would highly recommend reading the Russia indictments if you haven't, for no other reason than to grasp the scale, scope, and detail of Mueller's findings. Like, he knew how many fucking eyelashes Ivanovich had on his left eye. Mm -hmm. like that, he and a was, lot. He's got beautiful eyelashes. It's gorgeous. <laughs> I think he uses Latisse. But it was fantastic. Amazing amounts of detail. And it just that he was able to get all that was pretty intense. And I think that's why there's a lot of redactions in this report for, you know, how they, you know, investigative pr procedures and methods because they don't want to give any of that away. Like, we know how to sit on stuff and get this kind of detail. So... Um, the GRU hacked the DNC and the DCCC along with uh, targeting hundreds of email accounts, spear phishing. In total, the GRU stole hundreds of thousands of documents from the compromised email accounts and networks. The GRU later released the stolen documents and emails through online personas they created themselves called DC Leaks and Guccifer 2.0. And then later through WikiLeaks when they were like, hey, we're bigger, give it to us. Mm -hmm. uh, the release uh, was designed and timed to interfere with the 2016 U.S. Presidential, presidential election to undermine the Clinton campaign specifically. And I know that seems obvious now, but it wasn't back then. Um, that the releases were weaponized for their deliberate timing. We had beans on that, but Mueller confirms it here. It only took 22 months. Hey, it was thorough. <laughs> Better late than never. Uh, not to mention that we were told early on that DC Leaks and Gucci for 2.0 were not Russian, and now we have proof that they are. Yeah, they tried to claim they were like Romanian or something. Yeah. I was like, well, Romania hates us too. And Trump even lubed that truth by coming out and saying it's probably a 400-pound guy in his bed. Did he yeah. mean himself? Little yeah. little did they know, Americans are ignorant as fuck, and they're like, Romania and Russia, what's the difference? It's yeah, all the same. Good point. <laughs> it makes no difference to them. <laughs> totally, totally. I, you know, they haven't seen Chernobyl. Yeah. Uh, and, and here it states unequivocally that the Trump campaign showed interest in the WikiLeaks releases and in the summer and fall of 2016, redacted, redacted, redacted. And then after redacted, redacted, WikiLeaks first Clinton related release redacted, <laughs> the Trump campaign stayed in contact redacted about WikiLeaks activities. The investigation was unable to resolve redacted WikiLeaks release of the stolen Podesta emails on October 7th, 2016. The same day video, the you know, the pussy tape came out. Mm -hmm. That's right. And all these redactions, uh, take a look at this paragraph. It's an interesting one. It's, par it's page 36, paragraph two. 
all the beans in the universe on these redactions by being about Roger Stone. However, that last sentence, uh, that the investigation was unable to resolve Redacted's and WikiLeaks' release of the stolen Podesta emails hour after the Grab Them by the Pussy tape came out, um, that's what that's referring to, right? My my guess is that it says Mueller was unable to resolve Stone's foreknowledge of WikiLeaks' release mm-hmm. of the stolen emails, but I don't I don't know. Uh, it, maybe maybe he couldn't resolve Stone's coordination, but I don't think that means he didn't find evidence of it. I think it means he was unable to resolve it either because of lying, liars lying, or it's an ongoing matter, or dipshits ignoring subpoenas. Mm-hmm. I think liars, uh, lying, liars, lying is the next stage <laughs> in the 12 Days of Christmas thing. I like it. <laughs> That's right. Or the next Jim Carrey movie. Mm-hmm. And there's lying, no numbers. Lying. It's yeah. just lying, lying, liars, lying, liars. Right, right. The you end. did a whole bit on that. I forgot. When we used to remember. Oh, when Christmas was coming. Yes. I totally forgot. I just hacked your joke. Yeah. Oh, no, it's all good. She did a whole thing. Do you remember it at I all? do. Yeah. Go listen to the episodes leading up to Christmas of last yes. year. Yeah, yeah. I would start reading the stories that we were going to go over mm-hmm. and they, then I just would go into the 12 days of Christmas. Yeah. That, that was, was a great. good time. Yep. Uh, anyway, where was I? Let's see. Maybe, maybe it could be this whole instead of lying, liar, lying, liars, lying or dipshits ignoring subpoenas. It could be because the investigation was terminated before that was uncovered, uh, because, as we know, the stone case was handed off to D.C. That's Jesse Liu, U.S. attorney's office in D.C. the week that Mueller ended his investigation. Uh, if he didn't find evidence, he'd have said that. Mm-hmm. That's important that he didn't resolve it. If he if he could resolve it and didn't have evidence, he would have said that because he says that elsewhere in this report. Mm-hmm. And uh, we now know Amy Berman, Judge Jackson, if you're nasty, has read the redacted portions um, of the Mueller report that have to do with Stone. And we're waiting for his trial to start November 5th. Stone has requested the full Mueller report, but I don't think he'll get it. Maybe he'll get some pieces of it. Um, some redacted pieces of it that maybe have to do with him that that everybody already knows about, but he, there, she's not going to hand over the whole report. Yeah. Right. Maybe if uh, he didn't have all those Instagram faux pas previously, I was just <laughs> he would be that. allowed to see anything. He would just he would just publish it all on his Insta stories yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. or whatever he does with his top hats. Mm-hmm. Uh, then or we just get... write them on stones in really small writing. <laughs> <laughs> Sell them, Sell them for off, his legal yeah. fees. <laughs> <laughs> How many stones would it take to write the full Mueller report? Oh, my God. Oh, that's, that's like a, a little, um, what do they call them, voter suppression question? Like, guess how many jelly beans? Like, well, let's see. It's 16,500 lines, about 20 words per line. So you're looking at many millions of stones. Definitely. Yeah. Wow. Get one of those, like, rice writer people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Carnivals or the whatever. people who can draw people out things on the heads of pins. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, you could probably fit it all in one yeah, thing. Yeah, he's a carnival guy. This is where he should be. Absolutely. Like, this is his line of work that totally. he missed out on. There's plenty totally of children I'm sure he's guy. employed yeah. before he can bring back around again. <laughs> Just give him a pair of those little uh, tiny round plastic kids' glasses and he becomes Steve Martin in The mm-hmm. Jerk. Absolutely. <laughs> Step right up and win some crap. Uh, all right. <laughs> Uh, then we get to part A called GRU hacking direction at the Clinton campaign, or excuse me, directed at the Clinton campaign. Subsection one, GRU units target the Clinton campaign. Here we learn that two military units of the GRU carried out the hacking uh, of the DNC, DCCC, and Hillary at her campaign. And those are 26165 and 74455. And the footnote here explains that in Section 5, Mueller charged 12 GRU officers for the hacking crimes and cites the U.S. Code and refers to that indictment that we think you should all read uh, of the Russians. The report explains that Unit uh, 26165 targets military, political, governmental, and non-governmental organizations outside of Russia. And there's a footnote about how they hacked 
the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, the World Anti-Doping Agency, and other international sport associations that were indicted in October 2018 for those crimes. And that probably had something to do with Russia being caught doping for the mm-hmm. Olympics and they couldn't use their flag. Remember, they had to just have, like, Olympians yeah, from Russia. Called? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> something like A that. very conspicuous name still. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just technically not Russia. Jordan was saying, you've seen the documentary about that, right? Yeah, yeah, Icarus is really good. It's a documentary that some guy does about the doping in um, the doping cover-up, at least. Yeah, I've yeah. still got to watch it. It's yeah. so good. It's is Icarus so the guy that flew too close to the sun? Yes, he is. Ah, look mm-hmm. at me. High school, coming back. Nice. Um, let's see. So this unit, 26165, these, these, this doping agency you know, half a fancy bear. They had subdivisions with different jobs. Like one would develop the malware uh, while the other would conduct spear phishing campaigns. And spear phishing is when you send out an email that looks like it's a legit like Google or Apple email and mm-hmm. say, hey, you need to change your password and get them to click on the link, enter your password, I get your password. So that's a spear phishing campaign. So that's what 26165 does. Um, then we get a redaction here about an investigative technique Uh, And the sentence reads, Redacted, redacted, a Bitcoin mining operation to secure Bitcoins used to purchase computer infrastructure used in hacking operations, unquote. And I'll bet uh, Bitcoins to bagels. That's dollars to donuts. (laughs) Um, That probably illustrates how investigators were able to, to, you know, stake out and catch the Russians mining Bitcoin. But those are Bitcoin beans. Mm -hmm. Bitcoin beans, yeah. They all have fedoras. Yeah. I bet when uh, Bitcoin first started, there's no way they thought of all the espionage they'd help facilitate with, oh, their, yeah. little, with their little creation. <clears throat> or maybe it was in their business plan and we just missed it. <laughs> they were sketchy from the start. Unintended yeah. consequences. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Hillary and the crime bill. So, yeah, definitely. Fake money, real crimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a fake money, real crimes. Mm-hmm. I like fake it. money, real crimes. What's that? like? Jingle queen. <laughs> 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 so what's that? Neil? Who's that guy? Neil Diamond? No. Neil oh. Bitcoin. No, of Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Oh. Neil Young. He's, yeah. I knew he's one of them. I mean, it's not <laughs> Neil Nash. It's not Neil Crosby. I have a quick question. I, yes. wa- I wonder if Bitcoin can be held accountable in any way for things like this in the future, you know? Like, I know it's a pioneered space at the moment, but considering it's all online, I wonder if they'll ever be held more responsible for looking into the sorts of transactions that are happening on their platform. Who knows? Maybe one of those Appendix D redacted, redacted, um, referred investigations is into Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be great if we got some new laws regarding that kind of stuff out of mm-hmm. this. And the one thing that kind of laughed, I laughed a little bit at, isn't the plural of Bitcoin, Bitcoin? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm. I really I don't know. Don't know. <laughs> yeah. Because I thought you had like I think so. a thousand Bitcoin. Yeah, you're right. Because Mueller says bitcoins in here, and it just it's, reminds me of like when my mom says the MTV or something. Yeah, exactly. Or they're like, how many mollies did you take? <laughs> how many mollies did you take? <laughs> oh, gosh, that's good. Uh, official, official coverage of the report. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mollies. So then, then we have this other unit, 74455, which is a related GRU unit with a bunch of different departments that engage in cyber operations like assisting the release of shit stolen, coordinating the release of shit stolen by 26165, promoting those releases, promoting the publication of anti-Clinton content on social media accounts operated by GRU through officers from 74455. Um, and they, they separately hacked computers belonging to state boards of elections Um, secretaries of state and U.S. companies that supplied software and other technology related to the administration of our elections. And so that's another thing that uh, 74455 does. And we reported on these attacks quite a lot. Um, These are the ones Mitch McConnell ignored. And the local and state election funding is the funding Trump never spent. Oh, yeah. Uh, Although I think he had some federal funding, too. 
Mm. Um, so that's the introduction to 26165 and 74455, collectively known as Fancy Bear, I believe. That is <laughs> Sounds not... like a little prince. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at little old Fancy Bear. The hacking mm-hmm. group formerly known as. <laughs> <laughs> We're having a meetup of the Fancy Bears. Point Loma. Um, that's not in the Mueller report, Fancy Bear. Uh, at least not yet, uh, so far, uh, as far as we've gotten in this show here. But that's. That household name? Yeah. <laughs> But that's what we've gathered uh, from pre- previous public reporting on these two GRU hacking and distribution units. Uh, then on page 37, Mueller says beginning mid-March of 2016, uh, 26165 had primary responsibility for hacking the DCCC and the DNC, as well as Clinton campaign staffers' individual emails. And then it describes how they did it in two bullets. First one says they used redacted to learn about redacted. Different Democratic websites, including Democrats.org, HillaryClinton.com, DNC.org, and DCCC.org. Then another redacted sentence began before the GRU had obtained any credentials or gained any access, indicating that the latter, that the later DCCC and DNC intrusions were not crimes of opportunity, but resulted targeting. And so what this is basically saying is the redacted parts early on are just redacting how they were able to stake out that... Russia was staking out these websites to hack them. Mm-hmm. So it's this weird cyber stakeout. I dig it. They're right. almost using their own like strategies against them. And I can't share it with the public because it's just so juicy. Right. And it also shows that because Russia was staking it out, they were casing the joint. Uh, it shows that it was not a crime of opportunity. It would be the difference between a guy noticing your front door was open when he walked by and stealing your television versus the guy who cases your house for a month to find out when you're not there and breaks in to steal everything. Yeah, yeah. It's premeditated for sure. Yeah. Yeah. How would any hacking be a crime of opportunity, too? Like, oh, I was just strolling through the cyberhood, browsing the back ends of websites. Flying through the dark web, (laughs) and I saw an open door, Mm -hmm. so I went into it. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, my name is different. Yes. (laughs) The side of the portal was left ajar. (laughs) Back door is ajar. Uh, This is probably the same technique used to observe the Russians mining Bitcoin, right? To Mm -hmm. pay for their Bitcoins. Yeah. Also, I just said cider, I think, instead of cyber. Cider? I like. I just c- want you all to know that I don't think that the internet is a bunch of delicious apple juice. Mm. I think it is. That I like is cider warm. espionage. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be better if this was all about cider and not cyber terrorism. Cider so terrorism too. would be really cute. But yeah. like hard cider terrorism. Mm-hmm. Oh. Then it would know. all disappear after the fall, and that would be great. <laughs> I'm going to stake out your taps at the brewery, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm going to... Espionage me some cider. I'm on to you. <laughs> espionage is a verb, right? I think so. It is now. <laughs> Espi- yeah, what? I don't know. Es- As a verb? Yeah. I think it's a noun. Es- oh. es- yeah, d- definitely a noun. <laughs> how, how would it be turned into a verb? Oh, I'm espionaging. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like criming. Like, criming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just add an ing. Yeah, yeah. That's the rule. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, that's probably how a Russian would say it if they didn't you know, speak English very well. Yeah, if you want to make fun of English, yeah, that's the way to do it. I was not espionaging. <laughs> <laughs> Your honor. You're clearly not from here. Yeah. <clears throat> or you clearly do not know how to do a Russian accent. <laughs> or, <laughs> yeah. or you're on the podcast, Miller She Wrote. Yeah. <laughs> Where they just end it all with an ing, mm-hmm. uh, and the second bullet describes how GRU officers sent hundreds of spear phishing emails. Um, so the spear phishing campaign enabled the GRU to get access to numerous email accounts. Aside from Podesta, they got volunteers assigned to Clinton campaign's advanced team, informal campaign advisors. It's an informal campaign advisor, like mm-hmm. me. Yeah, um, and uh, DNC employees. They stole tens of thousands of emails from them. And then on to page 38, subsection 2, intrusions into the DCCC and DNC, sub subsection A, uh, I'm going to call it underpants A, because <laughs> <clears throat> sub subsection sounds 
really diminutive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is called, uh, what, it's called initial access. All right, so here's the intrusions. Underpants A, initial access, page 38. Uh, this part of the report goes into details that no later than April 12th, 2016, GRU got access to the DCCC network through spear phishing someone's credentials. They hung out in there for weeks, traversing the network, identifying computers uh, with unrestricted access because the credentials that they were able to steal were from an IT administrator mm. who you'd think would know. Damn, how'd he get the job? Uh, right? <laughs> Hire me. <laughs> Uh, then they were able to compromise about 29 different machines from that operation. Yeah, I guess it also goes to show how like brand new these strategies are in the cyber like t- terrorism world. It's like spear phishing is something that many people can fall for because it's so damn like stealthy. It looks so convincing. It looks, yeah. but it's not new, right? That's what I was gonna say. Totally for like normal people, right? Right? But... Is it? Is it like? As old as like what 2016 or even further back? Oh, then? Way, oh yeah, way yeah. back. Oh way back. okay, like okay. When, when, yeah, as soon as someone figured out how you could do that through email, That's basically the early right. 2000s. I but would now imagine. it's perfected. I guess is what it seems like. It's yeah. popped up like even everywhere. Yeah. Well, the government yeah. governments like mm-hmm. the Russian government or the Russian government or the United States government tend not to use the most high tech software. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I went to work for the government uh, in 2007, I had the uh, pleasure of walking into a book. Dummies, uh, what was it? Windows ninety five for dummies <laughs> in two thousand seven. So damn, I miss that. That's the best Windows program. Actually, no, ninety five. I remember Windows Windows yeah. ninety five, best operating system. <laughs> uh, but you know, so I, honestly, this is probably old junky technology, like the, with their X tunnel that they use and all that stuff that we'll get into in a minute, and the RAR exe. That's probably all old shit. Damn, mm-hmm. we're just so behind. They've been focusing on this like for the last 30 years when we thought we won the Cold War. Yeah, <laughs> but they put out like this whole new cyber espionage, this is how we're going to win the World War Four. It came out in, I think, a, a, a memo that somebody in the GRU, the general, wrote in 2013. We read about it in Russian Roulette. Yeah, I remember that actually. It was a whole speech they yep. did too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. So then uh, six days after that, after they got in, compromised 29 machines at the DCCC, uh, they gained access to the DNC network using a VPN connection between the DCCC and the DNC. Way to build a firewall, <laughs> Democrats. Uh, ne- so Democrats can't tech either. Mm-hmm. Um, networks, um, so unit uh, 26165, they were able to compromise more than 30 DNC machines, including the mail server and the shared file server, big ones. And they did that in about three weeks. They found a, a VPN that connected the two networks. Oh, my God. That's, I can't. And they just. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Um, then underpants B called implantation of malware. So they have the access now there. Now they're going to lay their eggs. Uh, and they use two types of software, uh, malware to do this called X agent and X tunnel. Um, they also had Mimi cats, which is a credential harvesting tool. And uh, Mimi Cats, come here, kitty kitty. <laughs> and rar.exe. All of these names are just entirely yeah. proof that only trolls do all this Dude, shit. Fancy Bear, Mimi Cat, and yeah. Rar. Come yeah. on. Come rar. on. Yeah. Um, and Rar is a tool that compresses for ex- exfiltration. Right, right. Makes it small so also you get it out. Also a cute little sound that Mimi Cats make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so think of rar.exe as those <laughs> vacuum sealed bags. You know? Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. you go and steal a bunch of clothes. Yep, and then you zip it nice and So you tight. lay the X tunnel down. Okay, and and then you go in with X agent. You break in with X agent. You then you use a go, use Mimi Cats to get all the data, mm-hmm. and then you use a vacuum bag to seal it all and make it tiny, and then you stick it through the X tunnel to get it out. Yeah, that could be an infomercial. I've seen that. <laughs> Act now. <laughs> um, <laughs> totally. So anyway, that's X tunnel is a hacking tool, like I said, that that um, created the encrypted connection between the victim DCCC and DNC machines and the GRU computers. Mm-hmm. That's the tunnel. Yeah. 
uh, and it allows for like large data transfers. So GRU used X-Tunnel as the exit route, and again, RAR compressed it all um, for transport. I also think a little human centipede reference, but that's probably not the best example Ew. for this. It's no. just like all the elements are there. Yeah, it's just one tunnel, though. <laughs> uh, on to page Isn't that what human centipede is? Then? That's pretty much well, what Well, you're creating one out, one out of many. E pluribus unum tunnel. <laughs> Why did they let someone <laughs> make <laughs> that? I don't think that should have been allowed to be made. I, I know freedom of speech, whatever. I'm glad they did. I'm really? Glad they did. Oh, that yeah. movie? Yeah. Um, that yeah. and Tusk. Hey, I was just going to say, that shit's brilliant, because then everyone's talking about it yeah. and referencing it. True, here it's we like are. It's a simple concept. Yeah. Put some filth in it. Put Americans love that it. shit. Yeah. so fucking gross yeah. that yeah. you can't even... Ooh, ah. Yeah. And now you have Tusk. Mm-hmm. And uh, what a weird movie. But, you know, that is nightmarish to be like, go to, as a journalist, to go to report somebody and then he drugs you and removes your legs and turns you into a walrus. Yeah. 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 It's freaky. Anyway, <clears throat> that's X-Tunnel. So, the <laughs> on to page 39 where Mueller says that to operate X-Agent and X-Tunnel... Um, 26165 set up a group of computers to communicate with the implanted malware. The first set, known as the middle servers, uh, one simply does not just walk into the middle servers, <laughs> sent received messages to and from malware on the networks. The middle servers then sent messages to a secondary set of computers called the AMS panel, which served as the nerve center, through which the GRU would monitor and direct the malware operation, probably the Mimikat stuff, uh, on the networks. Then... Um, there's an interesting footnote. Number 126 says, quote, in connection with these intrusions, GRU used computers that at least from third party providers located all over the world. And Mueller found rental agreements and payments for computers located, uh, among other places, redacted. <laughs> now, uh, this redaction says it's for investigative technique. So at first I thought this might have read Mueller found rental agreements and payments for computers in Prague. But uh, I think I was jump- I was using my jump into conclusions, Matt, on that one, <laughs> because I feel like. Uh, that would be redacted because of an open and ongoing matter. So I really can't guess what this is about other than, you know, maybe that's another way that they were staking them out. Mm-hmm. You know, that how, how did the how did the Mueller learn that these rental agreements and, and computers and like interstitial computers were being rented in these, you know, third party countries. Oh. So he knew how to find that out. He's probably got a way that does it in two seconds. Yeah, maybe there's a there's a person they're trying not to reveal that was like a, Or a technique. Yeah. Oh that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So like triangulation of data. Yeah. Or oh you just God. smell it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just go around smell smell, the trees and... smell wires. <laughs> this one smells like Russia. <laughs> I don't know what Russia smells like. Yeah, I'm good sure point. it's beautiful this time of year. I'm just amazed at what technology can do. It's it's crazy that they can achieve this. Yeah, and I'd be really interested to see whether the FBI's technology is super advanced or really clunky and they just get lucky. Like, yeah, I wonder. I, I bet it's super advanced at yeah, that level. I hope Part so. Part of me too. Yeah, you would hope so. But mm-hmm. I've also... And please, but they can't even crack Apple iPhones. Yeah. <laughs> they can't? Oh, no. they don't want you to think they can. No, they can't. <laughs> um... Someone correct me if I'm wrong, please, listeners, or the two people sitting next to me right now. But I feel like more basic systems, while they're more basic and there's definitely downsides to that, they're also harder to hack into, right? That's very true. I think yeah. that's why a lot of people use Linux or DOS. Mm-hmm. It's because there's fewer fewer moving parts, mm-hmm. um, and so it's easier to secure. Yes, less know? ports of entry. Because where you've got all these user interfaces stacked on top of user interfaces, each one that ha- each one that's there, and in each within each interface and between each interface, you've got all these vulnerabilities totally it's like moving parts right yeah that's why volkswagen so much from the 60s is so much easier to fix than yeah my scion yeah (laughs) that's why a house has like one door at max two (laughs) (laughs) why does your house have walls huh you're gonna let all the immigrants in (laughs) 
Uh, let's see, where were we? Uh, page 39 now. It says the AMS um, panel used to control X agent was housed and leased on a computer located near Redacted, Arizona. <laughs> I wish there was that a town. Be a place. I bet I there is somewhere. <laughs> I bet there is. We want to forget about ourselves. <laughs> Uh, and then they just don't even come here. Did they vote for Trump? <laughs> Redacted Arizona. I'm sure. Yeah, that's a, a total. There's definitely like an A and E show or like that focuses around <laughs> people off the grid. There, Trump fully got all the redacted. Uh, yeah, nice <laughs> <laughs> electoral votes from from Redacted Arizona. Yeah. Uh, and then the whole rest of the page is redacted. Uh, and the footnotes are the redactions referencing the GRU hacking indictment, and it's all redacted for investigative techniques. So it's just more stuff that they know how to do that they don't want every, anyone to know that they know how to do it. Then on page 40, it continues saying the Arizona-based panel also stored thousands of files with keylogging sessions captured by ex-agent that include passwords, international communications between employees, banking information, and sensitive personal information. And then on to underpants C. So we've got the <laughs> initial access, then we've got the laying the eggs, and now the theft. So many underpants, lots of layers. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and it, this basically outlines how they stole... 26165 stole thousands of documents, including internal strategy documents, fundraising data, opposition research, and emails from the inboxes of DNC employees, right? Mm -hmm. They began stealing pretty much right away, within three days of initial access. They downloaded their rar.exe compression malware, and the next day, they searched uh, a compromised machine for key terms like Hillary, DNC, Cruz, and Trump. On April 25th, uh, they collected and compressed the data. Mueller says the GRU compressed and exfiltrated over 70 gigs from that file server. Do you think Cruz was in there because that's who they thought was Trump's biggest contender? Yep. Mm. So they were getting oppo research on Cruz, oppo research on Trump, and then whatever they could find on Hillary. Yeah, and... I hate that he gets that much credit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Lion Ted Cruz. <laughs> I forgot his slogan already. I remember Jeb. Jeb was solid. But like, what was Cruz's slogan? What was Jeb's slogan? Jeb. It was just uh, yeah. <laughs> with an exclamation point. Oh, his slogan. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember what his campaign slogan Solid. was? Cruise. <laughs> Cruise, no. I don't remember either. Just cruising. Dude. I'm the Zodiac Killer. If you were going to do Jeb versus Cruise, Cruise makes way more sense. It as does. A why didn't, At why least didn't it's a just, verb. Yeah. It's his name. Just go for it. <laughs> totally. Cruise. These people all suck. Yeah. All right. So, <clears throat> same story for the DNC, by the way. Uh, Russians began stealing stuff as early as April 22nd, copying files from the DNC control computers, including the DNC's oppo research on Trump, uh, which right that right there makes him compromised. End of story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure that the counterintelligence, you know, 40 co-located FBI agents that were taking all the counterintelligence stuff were like, oh, fuck. And they mm-hmm. immediately wrote up a giant report, sent that to um, headquarters, HQ, FBI HQ, because... Now Russia has opposition research on Trump. Mm -hmm. But as we know, the entire counterintelligence investigation appears to be missing. As Matta would say, it's gone walkies. Uh, This is the one McCabe set up in such a way so as not to allow it to disappear quietly or at least without a paper trail. We just don't know where it is. Um, I asked McCabe. He's like, I don't know, man. Um, Schiff threatened to hold Barr in contempt for not handing over the counterintelligence information this week uh, or last week. And Barr caved. Um, and hearings on counterintelligence begin next week in the House. Apparently, the Department of Justice has starting, started handing over counterintelligence information. Yes. That's really interesting to me. Um, I wonder if the offer of that information by the Justice Department, because basically what Barr did is he said, please don't hold me in contempt. I'll give you some counterintelligence stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, they were like, no, nope, we're going to hold you in contempt. He's like, OK, OK, I'll give it to you. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> just like a, in a total nine-year-old moment. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if him offering that information to Congress uh, destroys their argument that Congress legally doesn't have to, you know, doesn't get to have it. Right. Because um, they've offered it to him now in exchange for stopping the contempt vote. So how can Barr argue it's illegal for the committee to have that information? They might have shot themselves in the foot legally. Um, it, not literally. That would be Dick Cheney. <laughs> <laughs> and the face. Uh, then between May 25th and June 1st, they accessed the DNC's mail server from a GRU-controlled computer, at least in the U.S. And during those connections, uh, 26165 stole thousands of emails, which were later released by WikiLeaks. That's when that was stolen, between May 25th and June 1st, and they were released in July. Mm-hmm. So they held on to them for quite mm-hmm. a while, which is, again, just proof of the weaponizing the timing of the mm-hmm. releases. Uh, on to page 41, part B, dissemination of the hacked materials. This is how the GRU first used DC leaks and Guccifer to disseminate their stolen documents. And we know most of this from public reporting. Um, 26165 bought dcleaks.com using Bitcoin. Uh, and that's where they housed the stolen material. Most of the documents on DC leaks seem to be from emails and not the DNC and DCCC servers and networks. Uh, they also set up a Facebook DC leaks page. Uh, invited, maybe. I always think Marvel versus DC, and it pisses me <laughs> off. And uh, a Gmail account. They set up a Gmail account, too, and a Twitter account. Russia used these personas to give U.S. media access to their archives by sending them links and passwords. DC Leaks was shut down March 2017. It took that long. Wow. Who the hell would trust them sending you a login to something? Like, Yeah, but if you're a, if you're a reporter, you're going to go look at it. Yeah, I guess know? so. I would just assume everything, yeah, that they didn't know what was going on at the time. But No, or even if a Russian sends you a, a link to stolen Hillary emails and you're a journalist, that's what you do. You go in, you get it, and you publish it. Yeah. that's And that's why they shouldn't be able to be charged for espionage for that. Yeah, totally. I will, I guess I would assume that maybe given the nature of all of the timing, they would think, I'm sure they did think about it. I'm sure it wasn't like, okay, and then just do it immediately. I'm sure they looked into some of the other events that were happening around the time and made a cost-benefit analysis. But What I would have done is I would have published the stuff because it's news, and then I would have alerted the authorities. Yeah. Or probably in the reverse order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, probably the other order. I was so going to say, yeah, it. if you do it, yeah. <laughs> it's it's always, always better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Oh, yeah. Totally. Number one rule I learned in the Navy. Yeah. Uh, then there's Guccifer 2.0, which is pronounced Guccifer because it's a combination of Gucci and Lucifer. Um, I, I, I could say Guccifer, but... Yeah, yeah. I like Prada. It's uh, Prada and God. <laughs> <laughs> Pradog. <laughs> that sounds gross. Uh, <laughs> so GRU officers created... Gucci for 2.0, uh, not, it's not a Romanian, using a WordPress blog and published it first, it's published its first post attributing the DNC hack to, again, a lone Romanian hacker and using words and phrases like Illuminati and worldwide known, which they had Googled right before then. And Mueller had the evidence of that. Um, <laughs> like they Googled what are conspiracy theory words. Wow. Uh, because they know conspiracy theorists are gullible, right? And this is the same day Gucci for 2.0 began releasing stolen documents. Same day from D, uh, DNC and DCCC. Damn. The GRU also used Gucci for 2.0 to release documents directly to reporters. And uh, then we remember this, when Gucci for 2.0 transferred about 2.5 gigabytes of Florida-related data stolen from the DCCC to uh, a U.S. blogger covering Florida politics. I do remember when that happened. We reported on it. It was like episode 19 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, on page 44, Mueller says the GRU was in contact through the Gucci for persona with Redacted. A former Trump campaign member, redacted. Uh, it's all redacted for harm to an ongoing matter. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say this is stone. Yeah. He's uh, just like an umbrella for all of these <laughs> redactions. He is. He's the catch-all. 
Uh, then on to but he loves that shit and I hate it. He does. Yeah. But then he's like, I'm not famous for it. But then mm-hmm. he's like, I'm so famous. Look, I'm mentioned in the indictment. And then he tries to argue to get himself unrelated to the Russian indictment because he doesn't mm-hmm. want Judge Jackson. Yeah. And and she's like, No, no, no. You can't have it both. Well, you can't go around bragging that you're connected to this and then come around and say, oh, I'm, I'm not famous enough to be connected. Exactly. To this. Yeah. It would make more sense if he had like split like personality disorder. But I think it's yeah. just their strategy. They're just like deflating yeah. and inflating their assets and then like <laughs> claiming they're famous, but really I'm not famous. Yeah. yeah no, he strategy. has one giant piece of shit personality. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. Uh, then on to the use of WikiLeaks. And we know that uh, setting up your own dissemination network isn't as effective as using an existing infrastructure that has massive recognition. And here, Mueller establishes this and that Assange hated Hillary and the Democrats. And in March of 2016, WikiLeaks released a searchable archive of 30,000 Clinton emails obtained during a FOIA request. So GRU, and that that's another argument you could use in the Assange uh, espionage case. If, you know, if that media outlet WikiLeaks is able to make uh, successful FOIA requests that strengthens and emboldens their justification or their characterization of being a legitimate media outlet, uh, even though you don't have to be a media outlet to get a FOIA request. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's For some way, it's like a one-way valve for them. I don't know why it works that way, but it does. That like any citizen could do that? Yeah, I could get a FOIA request if I wanted to. Well, I guess we're part of a journalistic media outlet, so mm-hmm. to speak. But I You mean, have to I, be a U.S. citizen, though, right? Or no, can you be a global citizen? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> a global citizen. Yeah, like an alien comes and requests it. Like, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Only global citizens. <laughs> oh, the, the interstellar guys are like, mm. we. <laughs> and they're like, fine, we already knew the answer. Sorry, we I just wanted to see what you'd say. Sorry, I can't read this language, but I can see what's happening tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, they got the 30,000 emails obtained during the FOIA request. So GRU reached out and said, hey, yo, you got dirt on Hillary, yo. We got dirt on Hillary, yo. Let's do this together, yo. <laughs> and funnily enough, WikiLeaks reached out to Guccifer after it published its shit on Clinton saying, hey, want help? Hey, we're WikiLeaks. <laughs> we can get it to a wider audience. I like basically. that. We're WikiLeaks. Hey. Hey. <laughs> that's, my, that's their slogan. Nice. We're WikiLeaks. Hey. Then on July 6th, WikiLeaks contacted Guccifer again, saying, hey, if you got anything on Hillary, uh, we want it in the next two days because the DNC is approaching. That's the Democratic National Convention is approaching, and she will solidify Bernie supporters behind her. We think Trump only has a 25% chance of winning against Hillary, so a conflict between Hillary and Bernie could be interesting. Mm, yeah, the Bernie or bust people, Bernie bros, yeah. Big beans. Mm-hmm. Uh, this confirms Russia used Bernie to split the Democratic electorate, uh, and they were strategically timing the dumps as well. That's so interesting, though. Sorry to interrupt. But no. The, but the theory was that, like, so many people repeat this theory that if it was Bernie against Trump, he would have won. So to know that their figures were that she was much more likely to win against him. Mm. Mm-hmm. Might have been part of the propaganda. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. To tell Bernie supporters mm-hmm. that Bernie would beat Trump or and then afterwards as well. Because yeah. knowing Bernie is probably going to run again. Yeah. I think there is some merit to that argument, though, just on the basis of it being a populist year. Oh, Bernie would That's won. Fair. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm surprised that. They said Trump only had, I mean, who knows? Maybe Trump only had a 5% chance of winning if it was against Bernie. That would have been their figure. (laughs) Good point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, And just because the Russians say it doesn't mean it's a lie. Yeah. They're just promoting it to, you know, make you think these things. Now, a lot of it is, there are a lot of lies. There's a lot of not true things. But whatever helps their agenda, whether it's fact or, you know, otherwise, they'll use it. Yeah. Yeah, And so the point isn't so much, you know, did the Russians make us believe a lie as much as did the Russians interfere in our fucking election by appealing to our individual psychographic natures, you know, Mm -hmm. which they use that whole psyops and black cube and Mm -hmm. XAML and the August 3rd meeting to find out through Mm -hmm. Facebook with all that stolen data. Yep. 
Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, then Mueller talks about the GRU uh, transferring the stolen material to WikiLeaks and opens up this section saying both sought to hide their communications, which has limited this office's ability to collect all of the communications between them. Thus, quote, although it is clear that the stolen DNC and Podesta documents were transferred from GRU to WikiLeaks, then the rest of the sentence is redacted. Uh, probably what it says is that we couldn't find that connective tissue um, because they were unable to track the transfer. Because later on, um, it says that the GRU uh, used a, a Gucci for mail to send WikiLeaks an email with the subject, Big Archive, new attempt, uh, with an encrypted attachment. So <laughs> New attempt, who this? <laughs> new attempt, who this? Yeah, new bear. <laughs> I'm not fancy bear. <laughs> I'm just regular old bear now. <laughs> Um, so, you know, maybe that redacted bit is saying because of the encryptions, we can't establish these emails were used um, or exactly how the documents got from GRU to WikiLeaks. But we know they did. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why that's redacted um, there for I think it's redacted. Let me see. Unable to track transfer uh, investigative technique. Oh, interesting. Mm. Yeah. Again, with their strategies. Yeah. It's probably like here's an investigative technique we use that failed. Oh, or we tried to use this usually successful, mm -hmm. and we couldn't because they encrypted and mm -hmm. and hid their communication. And they still don't want to reveal it because that would make them vulnerable, even if they failed. It's still something they probably would try again. The criminals? Well, I or the FBI? Oh yeah, the FBI. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, they don't want to let anybody mm -hmm. know that we we know how to catch you if you're not trying to hide so hard, or they don't, or they probably are trying to say, you know, we don't want you to know that our technique can be foiled by you encrypting oh, your communications. That would make more sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Either way, it's it's probably got something to do with that. And then Mueller goes on to describe all the email back and forth um, and cites Twitter communications and concludes saying that the office cannot rule out that the stolen documents were transferred to Wiki through intermediaries who visited during the summer of 2016. For example, uh, public reporting identified Andrew Mueller Magoon <clears throat> I just love that name. <laughs> Andrew Muller Magoon. Hi. And uh, WikiLeaks associate who may have assisted with the transfer of these stolen documents. And remember, we have recent reporting that Russian hacking operation hubs were found in Prague and that one of Cohen's cell phones was around Prague in the summer of 2016. Yeah, just visiting, just on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, most of these redactions in this section are for investigative techniques. So I could be way off on that. It's not an ongoing matter. But right. Cohen's already a closed matter. It just might still be redacted. Mm -hmm. I used to want to make a movie where Cohen takes Prague, but now I just want it to be his phone. <laughs> just like the movie poster. It's just his phone in Prague. <laughs> but it's got like his hair and a bad jacket. Yeah, an umbrella for some reason. <laughs> and that's yeah. how you know it's a nice his. hat. Yeah. <laughs> Fedora and some bright plaid 70s yeah. coat. Yeah. Cool, bro. Cool story. Um, and then, you know, you could have a Manafort phone with an ostrich jacket on. Ooh. Yeah, we'll just do a whole thing. I like it. We'll do Easter a whole eggs. series of, of, of old flip phones with <laughs> shitty jackets. Yeah, I dig it. The, like the drug dealer phones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The burners from Cricket Definitely. or whatever the kind that your mom has. Yeah, I can well, see not Cohen your mom, my mom. <laughs> your mom's a badass. <laughs> she still can't text. Uh, or she won't. I think I texted her one time and she just, every time I do, she immediately calls me and is like, don't do that. Aww. Yeah, she pretty, wants a phone call. It's pretty great. That's sweet. Uh, I think she just doesn't like triple typing because she's on that old fucking mm -hmm. flip phone. Moms can't text, yeah. No, she cannot. <laughs> uh, on to page 48, Mueller sums up the dissemination of hacked materials saying October 7th, WikiLeaks released the Podesta emails and in total, they released 33 tranches of stolen emails between then and November 7th. That's one month leading up to the election, including private speeches given by Clinton, international communications between Podesta and other high-ranking members of the campaign, and correspondence related to the Clinton Foundation. Isn't a private speech just a conversation? 
<laughs> I think what they're talking about. Remember when she did that? Yeah, um, I'm just kidding. Goldman Sachs. <laughs> yeah, when she gets paid a fuck ton. Of yeah. Money. yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. And we all had we all had those too. We we're like, oh, look at her beholden to Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, in total, WikiLeaks released over fifty thousand documents stolen just from Podesta's email account alone. Uh, then we get to the disinformation campaign launched by WikiLeaks, where Assange blames murdered DNC staffer Seth Rich for being the source of the leaks. Not not Russia stealing. Uh, Seth stole and uh, leaked. And this story is really tragic because mm-hmm. Assange started all these rumors that were then amplified by Russia that Rich was murdered by Hillary for leaking stolen material to WikiLeaks. Assange continued this nutjob bullshit rumor even after the U.S. intelligence agencies determined Russia hacked the DNC and we have all this proof. Read those well you don't have to but I wish some Trump supporters would read those Russia indictments. Mueller doesn't go into any U.S. person's retweeting or continuing the Seth Rich conspiracy though he simply uh, does discuss the origins of the rumors as being Assange. That's good to know at least. Yeah. Um, Section C, additional GRU cyber operations and this is mostly peripheral, peripheral targets and victims of Russia hacking uh, including that, you know, within five hours of Trump saying, Russia, if you're listening, I hope you can find the 30,000 emails that are missing. Um, GRU offers, and he, um, I don't think he quotes that in, Mueller doesn't quote that in the report. He just knows that we know he what he's says, talking about. He asked for them, and, uh, you know, and we mm-hmm. just know what that is. Yeah, yeah. GRU officers targeted Clinton's personal office within hours by sending spear phishing emails targeting 15 email accounts and redact- a redacted domain and a redacted Clinton aide. Uh, And this is a very important sentence. He says, quote, the investigation did not find evidence of earlier GRU attempts to compromise accounts hosted on this domain. It is unclear how the GRU was able to identify these email accounts, which were not public. Uh, And there's a footnote for that sentence, but is redacted for investigative techniques. And here we go again, because basically what they're saying is our our stakeout to to find out what they were looking at didn't work because we these were all new and we they never seen them before and we didn't know they were coming. Um. Or we can't go back and see how they got got them. So we, we want you to know that, you know, basically we don't want to reveal our investigative technique sucks for that. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, this section also talks about the GRU hacking and stealing 300 gigabytes of data from the DNC cloud-based account. Hi, cloud. Find my phone. <laughs> Prague. Then um, part two of other GRU ops um, it's part two is called other GRU ops, and it covers the intrusions targeting targeting the administration of U.S. elections. And this is to say the U.S. state and local entities, state boards of election, secretaries of state and county governments, along with individuals employed by those entities. They also went after private tech firms such as voter registration software and electronic polling stations. Polling stations. That's insane. Yeah. And that's why Jennifer Cohn is so big about the hand-marked paper ballots. Yeah. Like we have to have an auditable trail. Yeah. And that shit shouldn't be privatized. Also. Never. Oh, Never. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, what's the government going to build them? Put Windows 95 on them? Yeah. Damn. It just makes it harder on them, clearly, because it's other unregulated entities that are doing these things that can be hacked and affect the public sphere. We should just hire Sweden to make them. Yeah. (laughs) I like the Swedish. They're nice and neutral. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's true. I guess, well, if they have government contracts, which I imagine they do, even though they're private firms, they would have some sort of regulation over them, but it doesn't sound like they do. Yeah, but there's also probably some rule that that, that would be somehow a foreign entity, you know, being part of our elections. And yeah, that it goes both ways, I guess. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I was just talking about domestic, private. Oh right, yeah. Right. So then, get this. Mueller says while he knows Russians attacked polling stations and voter rolls, he did not investigate that. 
The office, quote, understands that the FBI, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, and the states have separately investigated that activity. So he left it up to fucking Kirsten Jill, or Kirsten, what's her name, Nielsen. Mm -hmm. Nielsen, yeah. Um, The FBI uh, under, you know, Trump and... The states, the mm-hmm. state governments. Um, I thought Mueller was looking into whether or not Russia successfully manipulated the actual vote, and he did not. It's not part of it. Uh, we do know the FBI is questioning or has has questioned DeSantis and, and Rick Scott of Florida, who denied they were hacked and have found out recently two counties, including Washington <laughs> County and Florida, were breached. Oh, my God. But DeSantis claims he knows nothing about it. The FBI won't tell us which counties were hacked. And the governor says the FBI made him sign an NDA saying he wasn't allowed to say. <sighs> and if the victims, being the counties, not the voters, wanted to disclose themselves, they could. Uh, keep in mind, because of the shame. Like, I don't want to out the voters as hacked. <laughs> I guess. or you know, I don't understand. Maybe he's calling them hacks. I don't know. It's supposed to be like a bad thing. Yeah. I, yeah. It's dumb. He's dumb. But DeSantis is. But keep in mind, this is Trump's FBI, like I said, under bar now. Letting, uh, letting slip which counties were hacked and how wouldn't be good for them, considering they probably need these illegal activities to, to win 2020. We already know that the Trump campaign welcomed Russian interference and is it, that's outlined in this report. So there's no reason to think they wouldn't welcome it again, if not encourage it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the GRU found vulnerabilities in more than two dozen State Board of Election websites and were able to gain access to millions of registered voters. Uh, Mueller uses Illinois as one example where the GRU got access to information on millions of Illinois voters and was able to extract that data for thousands of U.S. voters before the malicious activity was even identified. Mm -hmm. Finally, Mueller talks about the voter rolls and how 74455 spearfished its way into accounts used by Florida county officials responsible for administering the election. The emails contained a Trojan virus, and Mueller tells us here that the FBI separately is separately investigating that and says he believes the operation enabled the GRU to gain access to the network of at least one Florida county government, Washington County. Um, The officials, quote, the officials did not verify that, as explained above. We did not undertake the investigational steps or investigative steps that would have been necessary to do so. Wow. I mean, I get that he did a lot of research that's useful and, and super important, but he really passed a lot on to Congress and these other investigations, like more than I even realized. Yeah, he kept his scope very, very narrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that may have been also, I don't know, I saw some of the jurisdiction memos or the scope memos from Rosenstein. That might have been by design, because remember Rosenstein promised he'd la- land the plane. Mm-hmm. So maybe he narrowed it, you know, squoze oh, him. Maybe he knew that they were going to shut him down prematurely, so he had to pass the buck for all these things. Nah, this passed on earlier. I oh, think. good point. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, who knows? I mean, we'll, and we'll probably never know. Keep my head alive. <laughs> <laughs> all right, on to page 52, part D, Trump campaign and the dissemination of hack materials. And this is where it gets juicy, but it's also where it's pretty much all redacted <laughs> for harm to an ongoing matter and 6E grand jury stuff. But there's only a little bit of that. So allow me to read this part. Quote, the Trump campaign showed interest in WikiLeaks release of hacked materials throughout the summer and fall of 2016. Then there's a redacted paragraph. Part one, redacted. (laughs) Section A, background, redacted. Section B, contacts with the campaign about WikiLeaks, redacted. Then we get on June 12th, Assange claimed in a television interview to have emails uh, relating to Clinton, which were pending publication but provided no other context. In debriefings with the Mueller team, former deputy campaign chairman Rick Gates said that redacted paragraph. Why would something associated with Rick Gates be part of an ongoing matter and have to do with WikiLeaks? Well, if you remember, and we have reported uh, that there have been, and there also have been public reports, not just us, we didn't scoop this, Uh but uh, including uh, the Stone indictment, 
um, says this as well, that the Trump campaign official was there was a Trump campaign official directed to talk with Stone about further WikiLeaks releases. Mm -hmm. And Stone said he thought it was Rick Gates. Uh, But then Stone says Gates is lying. I never spoke with him about this matter. I never spoke to Rick Gates. But I'm mindful of the special counsel's ability to induce people to say things that aren't true, particularly people seeking a reduction in their sentence. Such a piece of crap. I know. Such a dick. Uh, Two weeks ago, we put beans on Gates being involved in the ongoing Stone matter. And then we learned in Gates' most recent sentencing hearing that he is, in fact, a witness in the Stone trial, along with uh, the Greg Craig trial. And in, in, in every Gates sentencing hearing up until recently, it's been postponed five times. I think this is the sixth time they've postponed it. They pushed back his sentencing due to cooperation in two ongoing matters, but those were redacted. But now the Mueller report is out, so they feel free to say it's these two things. It's Gregory Craig and the, the Stone trial. And uh, Greg Craig's trial begins in August and Stone is November 5th. So Woo. we'll keep a lookout for that. And then another redacted paragraph. And then it goes on to say, Gates recalled Trump being generally frustrated that the Clinton emails had not been found. Paul Manafort, who would later become campaign chairman, paragraph redacted here. Mm -hmm. And the footnote for that information is redacted as grand jury material. Um, This is probably the part where Manafort told Gates to tell Stone to Mm -hmm. reach out to WikiLeaks. Yeah, that's part of the ongoing Stone matter as well as the Gates stuff. Mm -hmm. Maybe something useful we got out of Manafort. Hey, how's Rikers? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Then we get into Cohen. <clears throat> who told Mueller that he recalled an incident where he was in Trump's office in Trump Tower and paragraph redacted. <laughs> <laughs> Cohen also told the office that after a WikiLeaks release in July 2016, Trump said something to the effect of redacted. Damn. Uh, I think we know what these are now. Um, from yeah, the but Cohen, such cliffhangers. From the Cohen files, yeah, right? Yeah. I think what happened was he was in the office of Trump Tower and, and Trump had said something about you know the emails and, and a meeting. Yeah, yeah. And then also um, for the Trump said something to the effect of WikiLeaks. I love WikiLeaks. Uh, we need more stuff or some shit like oh, that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, Cohen's matter's over, so this could be uh, Stone stuff. Who knows? Trump could be implicated in that trial. We don't know. But then we have another redacted sentence followed by Gates telling Mueller that Manafort was excited about the release of Redacted. <laughs> the release of Star Game Wars 2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I liked you Game of Thrones, didn't I? Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, high five. And then Manafort told Mueller that shortly after the July 22nd release from WikiLeaks, he spoke to Trump and Redacted. Manafort also redacted, uh, wanted to be kept apprised of any developments with WikiLeaks, and separately told Gates to keep in touch with redacted about future releases so there you go manafort told gates to keep in touch with stone uh and uh wikileaks right Mm -hmm. and and also um could be in here too because if you remember the polling data situation gates was the one who was continuing to spill those beans um gates then told Mueller that by the end of summer 2016 they were planning the possible release of clinton emails by wikileaks and then a redacted sentence. And then it says, while Trump and Gates were driving to LaGuardia, redacted, redacted. And then shortly after the call, Trump told Gates that more releases of information would be coming. So somebody <laughs> called Trump and said more WikiLeaks is coming. Yeah. And then he told, who did he tell? Gates. No. Yeah. Right after that. Yep. Told Gates. Right, sitting right next to him in the car. Hey, just got off the phone with redacted. There's more WikiLeaks dumps coming. Damn. Stone. Mm-hmm. Totally stone. Mm-hmm. This is insane. So uh, Trump got a call from someone directly. Yeah. And so there's all that. And we have a couple of redacted paragraphs on page 54 with a little blip in the middle that says, Corsi is an author who holds a doctorate in political science. In 2016, Corsi also worked for the media outlet World Net Daily, WND. 
not MD, but ND. <laughs> also marks the end of the world, probably, that publication. Yes, yes. <laughs> Weapons and nah, destruction. <laughs> then a bunch more redactions. And then another blip says, Corsi told the office, Mueller's office, during the interviews that he must have previously discussed Assange with Malik. Hmm. Ted Malik. <clears throat> then there's a grand jury redaction followed by, according to Malik, which means Malik spoke to the grand jury. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Corsi asked him to put him in touch with Assange, right? Malik recalled Corsi suggesting that individuals in the orbit of Nigel Farage might be able to contact Assange on his behalf and asked Malik, hey, buddy, do you know, do you know them? Malik, you know Farage? Can you get me the hookup to WikiLeaks? Mm-hmm. Malik said he'd think about it but never made the attempt uh, to connect Corsi with Assange. Uh, beans come true, as we reported last November, Malik was asked by Corsi to put him in touch with Assange. And it also came out in the draft plea agreement that Corsi gave to the press. Yeah, that backfired. <laughs> a little bit. Um, that said he rejected, you know, because he I don't want to do the plea agreement. Uh, he's telling me to lie. <laughs> to date, Corsi has not been indicted or signed another plea agreement that we know of. He is, however, suing Mueller, the FBI, the DOJ, the CIA, and the NSA for a bunch of nonsense, including accusing Mueller of forcing him to provide false testimony. Yeah, yeah, put your crazy in multiple baskets, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah spread it out. <laughs> Diversify. <laughs> Uh, I'm certain that case will be dismissed, um, but as of this recording, it's still ongoing. Uh, and this, to me, you know what this sounds like? This just sounds like Corsi heard Trump say, help me get the emails from WikiLeaks. And Corsi's trying his best with his lame-ass friends to, like, get into WikiLeaks. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, F, F out of here, dude. F you. <laughs> you and can't sit with this, man. And Yeah, you, yeah, you can't sit with this. You can't wear hoops. <laughs> and and he and he's like, come on, man, just help me out. I know these guys. Hey, Ma- hey, Ted Malik, do you think you can get it from Farage to give me up with WikiLeaks? Leaving all these paper trails for nothing. <laughs> yeah, like you think I'm going to put you in touch with the head of you know, <laughs> head of collusion. <laughs> yeah, who do you think you are? <laughs> so that you can go back down to talk to Assange. Stone's already got this. Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. And this is kind of borne out because Malik and Corsi had a couple of FaceTime discussions. Yuck. And then uh, there's a redacted part said, and then followed up by the sentence had made a connection to Assange and the hacked emails of Podesta would be released prior to the election day and it would be helpful to Trump. And that's Stone. And in a conversation in August uh, or September 2016, Corsi told Malik that the release of the Podesta emails um, was going to put us in the driver's seat we're going to be in the driver's seat oh, <laughs> in the, like he had anything to do with it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the rest of the page and the entire next page are redacted but on page 58 the report briefly mentions the access hollywood video and that less than an hour later wikileaks released the the uh, stolen podesta emails uh, then there's a couple of redacted paragraphs followed by course he said that because he had no direct means of communicating with wikileaks he told members of the news site wnd to reach assange so now he's going to his old buddies at the World Network News mm-hmm. Dickheads or whatever <laughs> WND stands for. It's I've already scrolled That's past hilarious. it. Hilarious. Hey, can you get me? Can I get you know? You, can you ask him out for me? And they're like, get out of here. And Will then you collude with me, yes or no? Maybe. <laughs> and Corsi actually claimed to Mueller that the pressure was enormous, and and recalled telling um, WND that the Access Hollywood tape was coming. Corsi told him he was sure that his efforts were the ones that caused WikiLeaks to release the emails when they did. But Mueller found that Corsi was making that shit up, and he was unable to find that Corsi was the one who got WikiLeaks to dump within an hour of the Access Hollywood tape. Uh, I think this is just saying it wasn't Corsi, it was Stone. Mm -hmm. A footnote even says that Corsi told Mueller maybe one of his tweets is what got WikiLeaks (laughs) to release the emails, but Mueller went and he couldn't find any tweets. There were no tweets. That's great. These people must have been so miserable as teenage boys, Mm -hmm. just so fucking insecure and awful to be around, because they just want the credit they so badly just want to be so relevant yeah and they don't even 
earn the credit they want. It's like, so ridiculous. Yeah. They're like, no, it was me. I, I did it. And then they're going to cause all this cut-offs. shit and wreak havoc now and sue all of the intelligence agencies for them investigating you for doing something you were trying to do but are too stupid and unconsequential to actually do. Inconsequential. Yeah. And not only that, but like... I'm just telling you to say that it had nothing to do with you, and then you're telling me I'm forcing you to lie. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I think like bored, privileged people will be the death of us. I'm trying to make you come out and say you didn't have sex with Angela in the ninth grade, Yeah, and you're insisting <laughs> that you did, even the, though Angela n- doesn't even know who you are, and now you're suing me because you're trying to get me to lie, or I'm trying to get you to lie about not having slept with somebody. Like, could, could you imagine suing the cop or the lawyer that was trying to prosecute you? Like, and if they were Mueller, like they must really either think he's a shitty guy or they feel so privileged that they're like, I can just do this because it doesn't matter. I'm that rich. I'm that important. It's like just the audacity alone drives me crazy. Oh, well, there's a third option. It's just throw anything against the wall. Yeah, just, desperation. You know, that layout, you know, please diversify. Yeah, but they did all this before they were even being prosecuted, too. I'm like, why, why even stir up all this drama? Like, why are you so greedy? Uh, Trump does it all the time. I'm going to yeah. sue you, and then he doesn't because he'd have to depose. Mm-hmm. So, um, Then we get to subsection E on 59, page 59, called Donald Trump Jr.'s Interactions with WikiLeaks. And it starts with a guy named Jason Fishbean. Uh, <laughs> put some fish beans on it. Uh, sending WikiLeaks a password for an unlaunched anti-Trump website called PutinTrump.org. Shortly after, WikiLeaks tweeted about it and then tweeted the password out. Then WikiLeaks sent Junior a direct message saying, hey, check out PutinTrump.org. Here's the, here's the password. I guessed it myself, <laughs> uh, even though Fishbean sent it to him. Uh, and then gave Junior the password, told him how to find out or asked him to find out who was behind it. Several hours later, Junior sent an email to a bunch of Trump campaign staff saying, hey, guys, guys, I got a weird Twitter DM from WikiLeaks. Look below. I tried the password and it worked. Uh, and the about section... The reference contains the next pick in terms of who's behind it. Not sure if this is anything, but it seems like it really is WikiLeaks asking me uh, as I follow them, and it's a DM. Do you know the people mentioned and by what the conspiracy they could be looking for could be? He can't (laughs) speak. Uh, These are just screenshots, but it's a fully built-out page claiming to be a pack. Let me know if you want me to look into it later, pal. Um, Late. Junior out. L8. Late. Yeah. why do you not go to the FBI at this point? Well, I mean, when you're a Trump. And the House even proposed a bill this week requiring folks have to contact the FBI if a foreign adversary contacts them to help interfere in the election. But uh, Republicans said no. Yeah, yeah. Did they tell them um, like about them potentially being approached by Russians before or after this interaction? Before. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Special. <laughs> um, and it, he doesn't mention that in here either. Um, there are a few other communications listed here that we knew about, including the Hillary drone strike thing that Junior retweeted and the messages where WikiLeaks tells him to tell Trump to retweet um, the you know, document dumps. Mm-hmm. They told Junior when they released part four of the Podesta emails and two days later, Junior retweeted the link. Makes you wonder why Junior wasn't charged with 18 mm-hmm. counts of espionage for distributing stolen classified material. Exactly. <laughs> uh, on to page well, that's th- what makes me think, though, that it's not going to go down like that with Assange, because otherwise they would have to charge someone like Donald Trump Jr. You'd have to charge any anyone who did it, because mm-hmm. it doesn't delineate, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. whether you're a media outlet, a fake media outlet, an asshole media outlet, just an asshole, mm-hmm. or a nice person. Yeah. Or an outlet. Well, oh, yeah, establish that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess... They're just going to get their ass handed to them for not doing that then, for not applying that justice to everybody. So it's not whatever happens. That's, if that is what they're trying to do, it's not going to go far. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, then on to page 61, subsection 2, called Other Potential Campaign Interests in Russian Hacked Materials. And this part is about all the other folks that went after Hillary's emails uh, on their own. Um, Underpants A is about Henry Oknyansky, or Henry Greenberg. <laughs> and we reported on this weirdo last year. He showed up wearing, like, cargo shorts and a Hawaiian shirt. It's the guy Caputo had his heard that he had dirt on Hillary and set up a meeting with Roger Stone and him. Uh, and Oknyansky showed up with a dude named Raisin, uh, <laughs> Ukrainian associate involved in Florida real estate. No. Uh, Raisin offered to sell Stone dirt on Clinton, including proof she laundered money with one of Raisin's companies. So, like, he he's also a criminal. Uh, Stone asked... If it was millions she laundered, and Raisin said, more like hundreds of thousands. And Stone was like, nah, bro, we're cool. <laughs> Trump's not going to pay for hundreds of thousands. So uh, Greenberg told Mueller that Raisin was financially motivated uh, and, and tried to shop his shit around to a bunch of folks. Mueller found no connection between Raisin and Trump. Hmm. So this is just a rando. I wonder if they said no because they're like, we know how much evidence is publicly available of money that we've laundered. And <laughs> if it doesn't <laughs> exceed that, then we don't want it. <laughs> exactly. Like, ah, I, I got you beat, bro. Yeah. You only laundered hundreds of thousands, Clinton. Ha. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you suck. We got billions. Yeah. Um, Mueller says, though, that Caputo and Greenberg had conflicting statements. Greenberg, this is the Hawaiian shirt guy, said Caputo accompanied Stone to the meeting, but Caputo said he wasn't there at all uh, and was never told what Greenberg offered. Mueller couldn't find Raisin, which might be why Caputo wasn't charged with lying, because, you know, or Greenberg, because uh, you have to have some sort of backing up evidence to this, and there you go. Couldn't get a hold of people. Right, right. Um, subsection B describes the other campaign efforts to obtain emails. Uh, and this talks about Barbara Leiden and Peter Smith. <clears throat> Flynn told Mueller uh, that Trump asked him multiple times to get the Hillary emails, and Flynn contacted multiple people in that effort. If you remember a long time ago, and no one believed Peter Smith was actually contacted by Flynn, like he was just making shit up. But he was indeed, and beans came true, at least according to Flynn. And now we know that thanks to recently unredacted Flynn sentencing memoranda that Flynn was indeed asked by Trump to get Hillary's emails. In a recent court hearing, Judge Emmett Sullivan, who is the judge overseeing the Flynn case, ordered the public release of all redacted Mueller report information regarding Flynn or related to Flynn, um, along with transcripts of his conversations with Kislyak during the transition and the tape of the voicemail from Trump's lawyer, Dowd, to Flynn's lawyer. And Van Grack and Jesse Liu uh, in the U.S. Attorney's Office in D.C. objected to releasing, well, they they printed out the voicemail, Dowd's voicemail, which was a, just a, hey, if you know what's good for you, you'll tell us. And otherwise, I'm going to go back and tell Trump you don't like him. Uh, witness tampering mm -hmm. and um, dangling a pardon. But uh, he, uh, they did object to Sullivan releasing the Kislyak conversations. And they said regarding the report, you have it all except for grand jury material. Um, and so Flynn did apparently contact Peter Smith to help find the Clinton emails and was directed to do so by someone in the Trump campaign. We just found out today Sullivan has, he's not mad about it, mm. about them not releasing, not following his order. He's like, all right. Mm -hmm. And he didn't give a reason why. So to me, that says that those Kislyak conversations, there's probably more than two. The government's never publicly acknowledged they exist. And so they're probably super classified or they have something to do with the FISC or FISA and there's other stuff in there, maybe related to an ongoing matter or it's just super class, so super classified that, that he, there's just no way. And so somebody probably came up to Sullivan and went, Psst, bro, classified, mm -hmm. Fisk. And he's like, oh, all right, cool. I accept your weird ass, you know, because that was a weird objection by Jesse Liu and Van Grack. 
And Van Grack used to be on the Mueller team, and now he's the head of the new FARA investigation unit in the Department of Justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think of uh, the main girls who like say crack again, but like Grack is that's his name? Gr- Von Grack. Van Grack. Van Grack. Van Grack. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Barbara Leiden started looking for Hillary's emails before Flynn even contacted her <laughs> as early as December 2015, and reached out to Peter Smith. And they went back and forth, but Smith decided not to work with her at that point. And then Smith tried to get the emails himself. And this we know about because it, he, it was reported diligently on uh, in our previous episodes and in public reporting. He created the company KLS Research, which is on our fantasy indictment draft. Um, he raised tens of thousands of dollars. There were mysterious transactions. Uh, he recruited security experts. He claimed he was in contact with hackers with ties to Russia and that he was coordinating with the Trump campaign. Peter Smith sent an email about his efforts to Sam Clovis. Uh, most of what Mueller knows comes from um, Tate. Um, so, uh, let's see if I can get this right, Suboxone mm-hmm. and Saffron, uh, all of which we've discussed on the show all the way back to August of last year, August of 2018. So a little background here. Peter Smith is a longtime old Republican operative that's actively opposed the Clintons since the 90s, um, reportedly paying thousands of dollars to promote stories about Bill Clinton's extramarital affairs. Matt Tate is a cybersecurity expert. Suboxone was added to our fantasy indictment draft in March of 2018 for his appearance in Adam Schiff's Minority Report. And we covered him again briefly in episode 71, the Manafort Megasode. Uh, Suboxone was the co-signer of KLS Research, um, Peter Smith's company, which also is in Schiff's Minority Report and on our draft. And we we reported uh, he had been interviewed by Mueller on three separate occasions. And beans came true. As we all know, Peter Smith, though, he, he did commit suicide. Um, later that year with a note that read, no foul play whatsoever. Mm, sure. <laughs> why? That's the weirdest. Very strange. This is not how I died at all. Like, why would he care so much if that's not the way he died I know. to let us know that's not the way he died? <laughs> uh, yeah, and I still it's still a mystery. We've always been suspicious of it, as was Matthew Miller. We had him on our live show of Brooklyn. He was like, that's always been weird to me. Mm-hmm. So Smith was trying to recruit people to help him find Hillary's emails. He created a pitch to recruit folks saying uh, he was working with the Trump campaign Flynn, Clovis, Bannon, and Kellyanne Conway, and also Corsi. Uh, Leader then got back in touch with Smith at that point and said she'd gotten a bunch of emails off the dark web, so Leader took them to Eric Prince, who hired a tech advisor to verify the emails. Turns out Eric Prince told Smith they're not real, Hmm. and that's the first I've heard of Eric Prince being involved Mm -hmm. in this. Uh, But according to the footnote, Prince is the one that told Mueller about it. Mueller eventually eventually found that Smith, Leiden, uh, and the other individuals uh, were in contact they w- with Russians. They were never able to obtain the Clinton emails, uh, any real ones, anyway. <laughs> and it, uh, I'd be interested to see uh, if this is something else Prince lied to Congress about, in addition to his meeting in the Seychelles with Dmitriev and Nader, because he told them it was mm-hmm. a happenstance meeting. But as we know, Nader uh, set it up. He just returned to the U.S. and was arrested on multiple counts of transporting child pornography. Gross. What a cool guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were talking about foreign policy, right? That was the whole point of that? Yeah, yeah. The uh, backdoor channels, sanctions, Mm -hmm. lifting, moving forward. And this, of course, is the UAE, Imbiza, and Israel, so PSYOPs and Black Cube stuff. Uh, It's all just all sorts of things, you know. I mean, we've reported on it so extensively. I know, Jaleesa, you did a whole piece on Black Cube and PSYOPs. and weird shit. And Zamel, who Nader paid $2 million to after Trump won the election, but apparently they never used his services. It was just a $2 million. Just $2 million tip for being a bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just give him the handshake with $2 million yeah. in it. <laughs> nice little cool handshake. Yeah, it's a drug deal. 
<laughs> totally. Or how comics get paid. Oh, yeah. Well, we get paid in drinks mostly. Yeah, but say, yeah, aside beers. from that. <laughs> Isn't that weird, though? It's That's like the only two ways I've been paid like that. Like, because yeah. you, you do the handshake with the money in it so nobody can mm-hmm. see. It's how you do a drug deal or how you pay a comedian. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they do that. Yeah, I guess they don't strange. want the other comics to see. Totally, that's oh, definitely that's probably it. what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, look at you get paid, but not you, motherfucker. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I guess so. I'm not money funny. <laughs> anyway, this, then we get the summary of the section from Mueller saying, uh, you know, the GRU hacked Clinton and Clinton's people, the DNC, the DCCC, stole shit, set up fake accounts, released it, timed it, hooked up with WikiLeaks, released it through them. Mueller also established that the Trump campaign displayed an interest in WikiLeaks and the releases. And that redacted, redacted something about Roger Stone here, probably. (laughs) The evidence was sufficient to charge GRU officers for their role in election hacking. Then a redacted sentence. And that's an interesting one because it's harm to an ongoing matter. And context here would indicate that it's about whether or not Mueller had sufficient evidence to charge someone in an ongoing matter, which indicates he does. And I guess that's Stone. Or it could be those uh, other peripheral Russian hackers that got into Hillary's account. Um, You know, those accounts that they never tried before. We don't know. My guess is it's uh, a statement about Stone and how he was able to charge him with one count of obstruction, five counts of lying, one count of witness tampering, and that all that stuff is in these pages, but redacted, and it's Mm -hmm. still open. Yeah, one count of an awful hat. (laughs) Step right up and win some crap. (laughs) Uh, So listen to our episode about the indictment of Roger Stone. It's a really good one. Um, And read his charging document. Like I said, if you get a chance, read that Russian indictment. If you get a chance as well, very, very important information that kind of goes, you know, it's a nice you know, companion to uh, volume one. He complimented well. (laughs) Totally. Uh, Anyway, guys, that's it. That's section three. Um, So join us for part four uh, of our in-depth review of the Mueller report. And part four is going to be broken up into a bunch of different parts because it's long AF. (laughs) Um, But yeah, join us. We're going to cover part uh, section four about Russian government links and contacts with the Trump campaign. So many. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It's the longest part of this whole report. (laughs) Go Uh, figure. Yeah. Also known as no collusion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but anyway, that's it. We really appreciate you guys uh, listening, and thank you so much. And uh, spread this around. People need to hear it. Parts one and two are, are already up on our main feed. You can find those uh, there, available to the public. And uh, you can join us every Sunday for our main episode. These these drop Thursday, and our main episodes drop Sunday. And then for patrons, we have daily updates every day. A little 30-minute yeah. news, you know, less structured more swears uh, <laughs> type stuff. And your patronage goes to support um, our health care for, for our employees and paid sick leave and paid vacation. And uh, it really it, re- it really makes a difference that, you know, we're able to pay a living wage and get those benefits, um, especially health care, especially in this day and age of in dystopia. In this economy? Yeah. yeah, totally. All right, guys, any final thoughts? Yeah, just um, everyone that, like, tweets us about how much they love the Miller Report series like that's really nice I love getting those tweets mm-hmm. yeah people have been like trying to tell anyone that talks about the Miller Report like and about the audio version to check out our version so I I really appreciate that guys mm-hmm. yeah. It. yeah thank you so much for that I mm-hmm. do see that a lot people on Twitter will be like I wish someone was reading it you know and they'll always like link our you know put a link to to our yeah the Miller junkies they show up for us i love it Mm -hmm. super do you guys are a great community thank you so much take care of each other take care of yourselves i've been ag i've been jaleesa johnson i've been jordan coburn and this is Mueller she wrote
Muller She Wrote is written and produced by Allison Gill in partnership with MSW Media. Sound design and engineering are by Molly Hockey. Jesse Egan is our copywriter and our art and web designer by Joel Reeder at Moxie Design Studios. Muller She Wrote is a proud member of MSW Media, a group of creator-owned podcasts focused on news, justice, and politics. For more information, visit mswmedia.com. W Media. Hi, I'm Dan Dunn, host of What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn, the most wildly entertaining adult beverage-themed podcast in the history of the medium. That's right, the boozy best of the best, baby. And we have the cool celebrity promos to prove it. Check this out. Hi, I'm Allison Janney, and you're here with me on What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. And that's my sexy voice. Boom. Boom is right, Academy Award winner Allison Janney. As you can see, celebrities just love this show. How cool is that? Hey, this is Scotty Pippen, and you're listening to The Dan Dunn Show. And, wait, hold on. The name of the show is what? All right, sure. Scotty Pippen momentarily forgot the show's name, but there's a first time for everything. Hey, everyone, this is Scoot McNary. I'm here with Dan Dunn on What Are You Drinking? What's it called again? Fine, twice. But famous people really do love this show. Hi, this is Will Forte, and you're, for some reason, listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. What do you mean, for some reason, Will Forte? What's going on? Hi, this is Kurt Russell. Listen, I escaped from New York, but I couldn't get the hell out of Dan Dunn's happy hour. Please, send help. Send help? Oh, come on, Kurt Russell. Can somebody out there please help me? I'm Dita Von Tees, and you're listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. <laughs> Let me try one more time. Come on. Is that right? What we're no, drinking? It's amazing. It, it's it amazing. Right, it's just... Is it right? Ah, that's better. So be like Dita Von Tees, friends, and listen to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn, available wherever you get your podcasts. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. 
expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is lawyers, guns, and money. So you have a man in an Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.